Black Bottom Saints with Alice Randall. I'm your host, Alice Randall. Each episode of this podcast will explore the life of a particular saint in the novel Black Bottom Saints, the rich history of Detroit's Black Bottom neighborhood, what the Detroit past has to tell us about the global future, and end with a cocktail recipe. This podcast is for people who have and have not read Black Bottom Saints. Each episode, we'll be talking about the play between history and fiction and how one informs the other. I hope a stop here is a little like meeting up with a talkative stranger in the lobby of Detroit's fabled Gotham Hotel. This podcast, you'll be introduced to the final saint of summer, Ethel Waters. The saints of summer are the saints that connect us to the roots of the Black experience, and many of them are born like Ethel in the 19th century. I love Ethel Waters for so many reasons, but the biggest one is that she wrote her own autobiography twice. As a person who's now working on my own autobiography, I am so impressed. I can barely get through it once. The first autobiography she wrote was His Eye Was on the Sparrow. And the second time she wrote her autobiography, she gave it the title, To Me, It's Wonderful. In honor of Ethel Waters, we're going to start off this podcast with a countdown of my current 10 favorite African-American memoirs. This list changes because there are so many amazing memoirs to pick from, but writing your autobiography is a Black thing going all the way back to Echiano writing his story, The Interesting Narrative of the Life of Echiano or Gustavus Vasa the African, which was published in 1789. So that's when we get the first African-American memoir in honor of Ethel and Equiano. I am kicking off today's podcast with my top 10 Black autobiography list. This is just the current one. We're kicking off the list with Becoming by Michelle Obama. Then Maya Angelou's I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. We're going to stick with the classic that is Written by Malcolm X with Alex Haley, the autobiography of Malcolm X. Then we are going to have Dick Gregory's autobiography, which is, I'm going to have to spell it out for you, N asterisk, G asterisk, E-R. He said in the opening of that book, when mama, when you hear that word, know they're advertising my book. At number four, we have one of the great entertaining autobiographies of all time and a great profound telling of the racism in the army story, Yes, I Can, by Sammy Davis Jr., one of the Black Bottom Saints. Next, we have Vibration Cooking or Travel Notes of a Geechee Girl by Verda Mae Grosvenor, then Heavy by Kiese Lehman, Negro Land by Margot Jefferson, the Chiffon Trenches by Andre Leon Talley, and Notes from a Young Black Chef by Kwame Onwaki. I hope I didn't pronounce his last name incorrectly. So that's Becoming, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, the Autobiography of Malcolm X, N-I-G-G-E-R, Yes, I Can, Vibration Cooking, Heavy, Negro Land, The Chiffon Trenches, and Notes from a Young Black Chef. The famous Black scholar Stuart Hall once wrote, the self is always, in a sense, a fiction. Nobody knew this more than Ethel Waters. One way we construct the fiction of the self is to write our memoir 
Another way we construct the fiction of the self is to write fiction and create a novel. And another way is by creating the fiction of the self by our own clothing and the way we construct our homes. Writing a novel is a bit like being God. You construct a world and the world that you construct tells everything about you. And writing a memoir is another kind of being God. When you tell the story of your life, it's as if you know everything. It's as if you are God and you have God's eye view into what all the patterns mean. Ethel Waters put great use to that power. She tells the story of her mother's rape, for example, and she uses the telling of that story as a way to strip away the shame of an individual woman and cultural shame and past cultural collective trauma. I have long been fascinated with the process of creating a world, the power of fiction. Only just now am I taking stabs at writing of a memoir. And doing this, no one inspires me more than Ethel Waters. Some of the questions she leads me to, how does the story of an individual Black life uplift, overturn, reinforce, reveal, and engage community politics? What happens when the autobiographical impulse to invent the self encounters the politics of respectability. If you are Ethel Waters, you tell it anyway. What happens when writing the other becomes a kind of policing or becomes a canonization? Can the act of writing the self become an act of liberation? Ethel was all about that. And in being inspired by Ethel, I've been inspired to try to engage in that kind of liberation too. And this is one podcast that I want to use to encourage all the listeners to start considering writing your own autobiographical essays, stories. Ethel reminds us to receive art and to create art, that we live in history and we are invited to document and write history. Another question that Ethel Waters raises is the question of portraiture and image and what does it have to do it with it? When we think about Ethel Waters' autobiography, if we think of her in her later years, do we read her text one way? And if we think of her in her earlier years, do we read her text another way? In what way is our physical body also our autobiography? From the perspective of her later years, Ethel was a large woman. From the perspective of her younger years, she was a sleek young woman who was known as Sweet Mama Stringbean. What roles do gender, race, class, and sexuality play in determining who is and who is not a reliable witness? What story should and should not be told? Whose portrait will and will not be made? Whose autobiography will and won't be read? What is and isn't believable? What events are and are not included? Why is it you haven't read Ethel Waters' riveting autobiography? One or two. And I'm guessing that you haven't read them because almost no one has read them. 
in recent decades. They deserve to be read and they deserve to be taught. Black autobiography and biography can be understood as attempts to reinvent what it means to be black. Reading black biography and autobiography invites us to play an important role as readers and writers in um, dismantling stereotypes. Ethel Waters was born in the 19th century. She found great success as a singer than as an actress on stage and in film. She worked with some of the greats of American film, including Elia Kazan, the director, and Ethel Barrymore, the actress. In his Ethel Waters chapter, Ziggy quotes another saint. He quotes Della Reese, and he describes it this way. Della was jealous of Ethel's body, how it was at first, quote unquote, too thin, then too wide, and never a worry to Ethel. Della worried about her shape and her height. Della was only five feet and maybe two inches in heel. Della said she envied Ethel's ease more than she envied Lena Horne and Dorothy Dandridge's perfect heights and perfect shapes. Ethel Waters loved her body in all its shapes and sizes because it was hers. She wrote her way into that profound and liberating genius. Ethel Waters, genius. Genius of song, genius of stage, genius of film, genius of self-love, genius of writing memoir and autobiography. Libation for the Feast Day of Ethel Waters, the twice-told story. One jigger of rye whiskey, half a pony of carasso, one dash of Agastora bitters, add all ingredients and ice to a rocks glass. Stir. Next week, we will start with the Saints of Fall. Until then, let's keep zagging with Ziggy and always remember that joy is radical. This podcast was produced by Chelsea Crowell and Aaron McNally. The theme from Black Bottom Saints was written and recorded by Lewis York. Nashville Women Blues was recorded by Reese Palmer and written by Bessie Smith. The novel Black Bottom Saints is published by Amistad, HarperCollins, and is available at your favorite bookstore and on Audible. Find out more at alicerandall.com. Down.